Hello and welcome to the Book of Leaves podcast. My name is Cara and I am your host. for joining me for episode 10 of Book of Leaves. We are officially in double digits. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me, especially if you're a new listener. Hello, my name's Cara. Lovely to meet you. Meet your eardrums. That's a bit weird, isn't it? But anyway, thank you for joining us on this episode, which is going to be all about plastic. So I'm talking to an amazing person called Claudia Tormi who works for Friends of the Earth and she runs a campaign called Sick of Plastic. So we're going to hone in on that for this episode. But Claudia was so good to put me in touch with so many of her colleagues who in turn put me in touch with so many more people. And I will probably be interviewing some more people from Friends of the Earth and then even more that I'm getting in touch with through contacts and friend of the earth so it's it's amazing because they're all people who are doing amazing things for the planet and I remember when I started this podcast originally my partner said that you know it's probably good that you're only doing a podcast every two weeks because there probably aren't enough people for you to interview who are you know running sustainable businesses and whatnot to be doing it once a week as opposed to once every two weeks and I was like oh about that and now I'm like oh they're definitely wrong because there are so many people out there who are doing amazing things for the planet that I could do two a week if only I had the time so I've realized that's more the issue so I basically have a week off and then a week on where I'm editing it takes me a couple of hours to edit every episode because I like to take out all my m's and ahs and fluffs so and edit it down I'm a bit of a yapper so A lot of people I end up chatting to for ages, like I'm chatting to you right now, but I will move on. And the reason that I am releasing this episode this month, as opposed to last month, as it was Plastic Free July, and now it's August, but I think, hey, it doesn't really matter because every month is or should kind of be plastic free and every year should be a plastic free year as much as we can so I thought you know what might as well keep the plastic free theme going considering how much people's awareness has skyrocketed this year in regards to all things climate change so we're going to talk plastic what's wrong with it what we can do about it And everything Claudia mentions is linked in the show notes. I hope you're having a wonderful summer and please don't forget to rate or review this podcast if you can and share it with a friend. That would be amazing. Spread the word. And if you want to support the podcast, I do have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash book of leaves if you want to. And that is it, guys. I won't keep you much longer. Here is Claudia. Hi, Claudia. Thank you for allowing me to invade your office on a very busy Friday after you've had some time off. You're catching up on loads of work. Great to have you here. I'm really looking forward to having a chat with you. Thank you. Um, I'm looking forward to it as well. I was looking up uh, your campaign. I know you have a campaign that you run in Friends of the Earth, but 
before we get into that, I always like to ask my guests just a little bit about themselves to get to know them a little bit. So can you tell us a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up? I'm from Dublin, grew up in Dublin. I've been working with Friends of the Earth and Voice for the last two years and on the Sick of Plastic campaign for about a year now. I kind of came to looking at climate change from a human rights perspective. Um, I was volunteering for another charity called Scoop and we were working with schools in India and Cambodia and working to um, provide vocational skills and education for communities that didn't have access to get out of the cycle of poverty and through traveling around various places and when I came home to Ireland I kind of realized that climate change if we don't tackle climate change our human rights kind of go out the window and that it kind of encompasses everything so that's why I really wanted to focus down on that um and from not living in Ireland for a couple of years I, I was looking from the outside and I was like not really feeling very inspired um, and the environmental sector was quite small but then I knew the Friends of the Earth were doing a lot and I kind of wanted to put my energies in there um, and I saw that there was um, a lot of important work being done on high level kind of policy change and that was kind of the strongest place to be putting my energy so I was attracted to try and get a job with Friends of the Earth and Voice um, and clearly you succeeded <laughs> I did <laughs> um, but I started volunteering with Young Friends of the Earth okay. um, and that was a great way to kind of connect with other people who cared because I was feeling kind of alone in thinking oh no one cares about climate change and I couldn't have any conversations with my friends because no one wanted to talk about it and this was only like three four years ago um, but things have completely changed and now climate is kind of what everyone is talking about because yeah. it's getting more urgent and serious um, and it's reaching mainstream media which is really great so that's kind of how I got myself in here. <laughs> Very good so can you introduce us to Friends of the Earth like who are they what is their kind of central mission what do they do? So Friends of the Earth are an environmental campaigning organization and um, we work on pressuring government to implement policy to protect our environment. <clears throat> I guess we bridge the gap between policy and the grassroots and kind of, kind of trying to connect policy change with people on the ground who are ready for system change action but who don't necessarily know how to, to do that, don't know how to lobby government. So we provide actions for people to collectively pressure government to create change. Yeah, and by system change, you mean change on a bigger level as opposed to people making personal choices at home? Yeah, so changing the law so that, for example, for the Sick of Plastic campaign, which is what I work on, so instead of individuals trying to make small changes, it's creating change on industry level so that the choices don't have to be made. So if you go into the supermarket, you have to choose to buy a loose apple or apples wrapped in plastic, or sometimes there's not even any loose apples. So you have to buy apples wrapped in plastic and you have to go out of your way to look for other shops to get your apples without plastic. And sometimes you might be living in the middle of the countryside and you only have one shop to go to. So you don't have that choice. Sometimes you can't afford to go looking or the other shops are more expensive. So by focusing on 
industry change and policy change and pressuring the government, that means that we can eliminate plastic where it's not necessary so that anyone who goes into any shop can buy their apples without plastic. And I guess before we delve into sick of plastic more, why I know people are kind of becoming aware that plastic isn't good for the planet especially if it's disposable and it ends up in places it shouldn't be it doesn't break down can you give us maybe a a broad overview as to why we actually need this campaign like what is the problem with plastic so there's lots of problems with plastic and it's from the very source of where it's being extracted so plastic is basically coming from oil and gas which is being extracted in places like Australia and parts of America um, through fracking and also from offshore extraction of oil Um, but at the moment there's a huge boom in the US for fracking for plastics or fracking for um, the raw material which makes single-use plastics. So from that side there's huge emissions and destruction to the environment from the process of fracking to the manufacture of the the raw materials to making plastics, the transport of those materials, the transport of plastics. And then when it's in the shops and you take it home to your house, it goes straight in the bin. If it's of a recyclable material, it goes to be recycled. And that's also intensive for energy and emissions. And if it can't be recycled, it's going to landfill or the incinerator, which is creating more emissions. And if it goes to landfill, it could be leaked into the oceans. And we all know that that's a huge problem at the moment because that's something that's visible. That's something that we see right now. What happens before that, we don't really see it in a clear way. So I think that the ocean plastic has been a great way of getting our attention. And plastic breaks down in the ocean into microplastics. And that's creating huge devastation and it's actually creating a sort of blanket on the on the sea um, floor and it's blocking the plankton which are there for absorbing co2 so actually that's creating a huge problem because we need the oceans for absorbing co2 we all know that climate change is happening because we have too much co2 in the atmosphere so this is a huge dilemma that we're facing Plastic is also leaking into our drinking water. Our fish are consuming it. So we're actually ingesting plastic. And we don't yet know what the health implications are. Um, But there are studies being done. Voice Ireland are currently doing a study on the health implications of plastic consumption. And there are concerns that it's creating problems for male fertility. Um, Consuming plastic. Yeah, plastic. And this this could be plastic that's just covering our food. So the the chemicals that's leaking into our food and our water and our Coca-Cola or whatever that we're consuming is going into our system. And it's also the microplastics that's in our bottled water and in our tap water and in our fish. So we're kind of going on to a big downer right now. (laughs) But this is the the full picture of the plastics crisis. And for anyone who doesn't know fracking itself because that's something you never really think of you just think of the plastic once you have it and oh gosh now it's such a problem because where does it go but like fracking to give people an insight is really damaging for the environments that it happens in like oil always ends up leaking into river streams and it damages wildlife I don't know if you can shed any more light on 
how fracking is terrible. Yeah, I saw a documentary a couple of years ago. I can't remember the name right now. But you can, if you go onto YouTube and if you just put in fracking, you'll see videos of people turning on their taps in their kitchens and they put a flame to it and it, it like blows up. Yeah. Because there's actually the gases are leaking into their water. And do you remember that film, Aaron Brockovich? Mm-hmm. That case was all around fracking and the, the chemicals that was getting into water and causing cancer for the local communities. That's still happening. So yeah, there's yeah. lots of problems with, with fracking. And in Ireland, we actually banned fracking in the Republic. I think it was two years ago now. But at the moment, there's a, a campaign in Fermanagh to try and stop fracking because in the north it hasn't been banned. Oh. And, and it's something that happened. Fracking continues in the UK. So we're supporting our neighbours up north to try and ban fracking there too. Um, but we haven't banned offshore drilling and gas. Another thing that is of great concern is the LNG terminals. So there are two terminals that have been um, given the go-ahead off the west coast of Ireland. So LNG is liquefied natural gas. And what they want to do is to import gas, liquid gas, from the US um, into Ireland to pump into our gas stream, um, but also export it to uh, Europe where it's likely it will be used to produce things like single-use plastics. So there's a huge contradiction there because we banned fracking in Ireland because of the effects that it has on communities. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit two-faced to say that it's okay to import it from communities that are Im- being impacted in the US. Yeah. So there's like kind of a climate justice aspect to it as well. So if people are interested in that side of things, um, there's another campaign um, to stop the Shannon LNG that you should check out. Perfect. Yeah, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And what can the government... So the government, obviously, we need to make fracking and oil and gas drilling like illegal uh, in all of Ireland, well, worldwide, ideally. I know there's been a lot of scientific reports out lately showing that it's the only way we can keep the temperature down before the planet gets too bad to become habitable anymore so aside from those campaigns keeping fossil fuels in the ground what other big actions are we looking for the big powers to take be them the government or big businesses big supermarkets um so to first look at plastics the sick of plastic campaign is looking at both supermarkets and government to implement the changes because we feel like we need to put pressure on businesses too and in order to influence government and industry to change we're trying to empower people to put the pressure on in communities on the ground so for the past year and we launched this for earth day in 2018 and we did it again this year um, on Earth Day again. Um, we are inviting people to come together in their local communities and organise a shop and drop. So we have all the resources that you need. We have a platform we're using ChangeX where you can set up local action um, and you can connect with people that live near where you live and maybe use the same supermarket. And you can come together and basically stand outside your supermarket with a petition, hand in a letter to your supermarket asking them to reduce plastic We have a letter template that you can use and basically you're inviting customers to leave their plastic packaging behind to leave a message to supermarkets that they need to do more to reduce and eliminate plastic where it's not needed. You don't have to do this as an organised group but it's a great way to come together and 
feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself. Um, but if you want to start now and you want to just do your bit, I would encourage everyone to leave behind the plastic they, plastic they don't want every time they go shopping. So if you shop somewhere and you don't have a choice but to buy a bag of 15 carts, just take the plastic off and see if there's anyone else in the shop that wants to take the extra carts. But I mean, that might be a step too far. But just take the carrots home, leave the plastic packaging behind. Mm. Should you try make contact with a staff member? Say if you're in a, a local supermarket and you're the only person and you leave like this one plastic bag or whatever. Absolutely. I mean, go up to your supermarket manager, talk to the person at the till. They probably agree with you. They're probably also frustrated with the amount of plastic they see. They probably see even more plastic before it reaches the shelves. Mm. Think about how the produce gets to the supermarket. It's probably wrapped in excessive plastic as well. So they're probably dealing with their own frustrations. So, I mean, you can just engage in a nice conversation with them and just say, look, I'm not happy with this. Is there something you can do about it? And that's putting the pressure onto the next level so it can trickle back to the people who make the decisions because if enough people do that if enough people engage with supermarket management then they have to listen and they're already starting to listen on both the nationwide actions that we organized we got a response from supermarkets and we got a response from the media and there have been changes made of course it's not the transformative change that we'd like to see but they are responding because customer pressure does work very good what kind of changes have we seen i know i saw something recently about Lidl having installed recycling bins at their supermarket like is that greenwashing or do you know anything about that how it's working there have been a few supermarkets who've introduced bins at the checkouts which is it's very welcome and because i feel if They've, re- they've seen people leave the plastic behind, so obviously they need to provide somewhere for people to put it. I wouldn't call them all recycling bins because that's misleading and we don't know if all the material being left behind is being recycled. Um, it could be going into the general waste bin, mm. but we don't know that, so we can't say. But for household waste, soft plastic cannot be recycled. So it's also confusing to the customer if they can see a bin that says, recycle your unwanted plastic here, and they're like, but I thought it wasn't being recycled. So it's just misleading, and it could be creating problems for people putting their waste in the wrong bins at home as well. And um, So that's one concern. Another concern is that it's not really coming, it's not getting to the root of the problem, but it's one step in the right direction because they're listening and they're responding. So we hope that this will lead to them finding alternatives to the plastic that's on their shelves and providing more loose produce. Supermarkets are providing more loose, but from the audit that we've done and the feedback that we've gotten from our supporters, In all supermarkets, loose produce is more expensive per item or per kg than if you buy a bunch of um, tomatoes wrapped in plastic. So you're not getting any incentive or reward from supermarkets for choosing the loose produce. It's actually way cheaper to get it wrapped in plastic. So we're asking supermarkets to change that around and take inspiration from Waitrose over in the UK who have been doing a trial of plastic free and zero waste and they're actually offering their loose produce 15% cheaper 
than the same produce wrapped in plastic. Oh, God. So that's what we want supermarkets to do here in Ireland. I interviewed a guy called Simone Tizo who's done a load of research on various diet things we can do, but also plastics. He's from Italy originally, and he was saying on his podcast episode that plastic is recyclable. They have a way in whatever their waste management is of recycling styrofoam and plastic in Italy. Do we not have that here? I know ideally we should avoid the production of it in the first place for sure. So there's a few problems. There's not one clear answer to that because first of all we can't recycle ourselves out of this problem even if every single thing was recyclable. Recycling is an intensive process. It creates emissions and it uses a lot of energy. There's also a lot of chemicals that are used in the remanufacture of materials to make it into something that can be used again. So, I mean, where plastic is not necessary, where things are designed for one use, single-use plastics, we need to change our sort of attitudes and just go back to basics, go back to the way that you used to be before we had all this packaging, and just get stuff that's loose and use our own containers. So go to the supermarket and bring your own bags. We do that for our big shopping bags. Start bringing small bags. Put your cherries or your tomatoes or whatever into the small bags. Tie a knot in it. Put it in your basket. It's very simple. And supermarkets need to be making it simple for people. But they're not. For the recycling industry, in Ireland we don't have a a lot of um, domestic recycling because we used to export. We do still export quite a lot of it. And most countries, even the US and around Europe and even in Australia, used to export waste to China. Um, But then China decided, actually, we don't want your waste because it's all crap. (laughs) Because it wasn't um, good quality uh, waste. And recycling is actually valuable. Like, it's a commodity. So it's a material that can be made into something else. And Voice Ireland ran a programme last year to educate people on what can and cannot be recycled. Because... Of what happened. China said, no, we don't want your waste because it's all contaminated. We were getting fined and we were getting our waste returned. Ireland wasn't um, unique in this situation. It was just a response from all over the world. Yeah. So that was it. Voice ran the Recycling Ambassador Program as an effort to increase the quality of our recycling bins at home and in businesses um, so that the materials in the bin could actually be made into something else. But in response to what's going on in China... There's new country, uh, other countries that have been taking our waste that don't have the infrastructure and don't have the regulations required and it's not transparent and much of it's leaking into the ocean and it's very polluting to the natural environment in local communities and they can't even handle the amount of waste that they're getting. So the fact is we have too much waste. Mm-hmm. We need to scale down and think about re- reducing and finding reusable alternatives and just being able to live without our single-use um, forks and coffee cups and plastic wrapping because it's just creating too much problems. For sure. The EU recently put in a plastic ban on certain single-use items that's going to be implemented in the future. Do you know much about that and what kind of effect or what what's going to happen in Ireland basically for businesses and what the plastics they banned are? So the EU banned the 10 most common items that were found in the marine environment. Um, the EU 
single-use plastic legislation. The EU single-use plastic directive was made law earlier this month on the 2nd of July and Ireland and other member states have two years to adopt the requirements and make it law. So the, the items include plastic cutlery, straws, stirrers, cotton buds, plates and balloon sticks. It also wants to ban styrofoam cups, food containers and drink containers by 2021. So in order to implement those changes, we need to find alternatives. So for the plastic buds, um, cotton buds, you can already see supermarkets are providing the cardboard alternatives. Mm. So that's what industry needs to do. It has two years to start finding alternative materials and replacing. In order to implement it on a national scale, we need to create incentives for reuse and provide levies for those items so that it encourages the phase out of the use of them. At least it's a good step that the EU has made that but obviously there's a lot more plastic that isn't included in that like the packaging that comes in supermarkets. Another few things that's mentioned in the EU directive is to put the responsibility of litter on the producer. Producers have to pay a rate for the cleanup of litter. In Ireland, we produce double the EU average of plastic packaging. We're producing 61 kilograms of waste per person per year. So there's a lot for Ireland to do and it's up to governments to be ambitious about these targets and to start implementing them now because we have two years to, to reach our targets. What can What can people do to call on their government to make these changes? So the Sick of Plastic campaign have been running a petition for the past year and we have over 21,000 names so far. So if you'd like to put your name on that, just go to the Friends of the Earth website, foe.ie and go to the Take Action page. Another thing that we're calling for in our petition is for the government to introduce a deposit return scheme. The EU directive is also calling for targets for the collection of plastic bottles. Um, and for the separate collection of plastic to ensure that we have high quality plastic for recycling. Ireland currently doesn't have separate collection for recyclable materials mm. in public places. So if you have, if you've just gone to the shop and bought a bottle of Club Orange and you go out onto the street, if you put it in the bin, it's going into the general waste. And that, go, that goes to landfill actually in, in Dublin. Um, so what we want to do is, is to provide places where people can recycle their waste on the go. So by having to, a reverse vending machine for collecting your plastic bottles and also for aluminium cans, you'll put your bottle in the machine and then you'll get like a 10 or a 20 cent back. So the 20 cent will actually be paid for when you buy your, your bottle of Club Orange. Yeah. And when you recycle it, you get it back. Mm-hmm. So this provides incentives and it puts value back on the bottle and people are less likely to just throw it away. So they'll be thinking about, okay, well, how can I recycle this? I want to get my 20 cent back. But also, I want to do the right thing. So that's something that we're actually campaigning on at the moment. Brilliant. And is there any other way? How can people get involved aside from plastic dropping and signing the petition online can they volunteer for friends of the earth is there any other way that people can help you guys at all yeah for plastic free july we launched a new social media campaign called loose for less hashtag loose for less um and we're inviting people to take pictures when they're doing their shop 
of fruit and veg or any other loose materials if you have like loose nuts in your supermarket is it cheaper or is it more expensive than the packaged alternative and where loose is more expensive we want you to take a photo of both the loose and the packaged to compare the two and post it on your social media account it could be twitter instagram facebook or you can email it to us if you don't use social media and we'll post it for you use the hashtag loose for less tag your supermarket tag sick of plastic and this will put pressure to make supermarkets create more incentives for people to choose loose and bring their own containers brilliant so there's a few things people can do there and i guess you as a person i mean you work a stressful enough job trying to get governments and supermarkets to adhere to something that to a lot of people is just common sense you know we need the planet to survive and it can like as a fellow activist it can get really draining if if things are taking a long time or you hit rejection like how do you deal with the frustration of lack of action by bigger powers I try not to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders every day. Mm. Sometimes it feels like that and it can be very frustrating. Like when I started working on the Sick of Plastic campaign, I was trying to do everything I could to kind of be a great example and avoid plastic wherever I could and try zero waste and start like soaking my own chickpeas to make my own hummus and all this kind of stuff. But it's just so time consuming And it's not, I just realized that not everyone has the privilege to to do that. And that, okay, it's great for me to do it where I can, but I shouldn't be putting this guilt on myself and thinking I'm such a terrible person because I just bought a bottle of water because I was thirsty and it's really sunny outside. I mean, you just have to get on with things because this is the society that we're living in. You don't have choices all the time. We don't have taps where you can just fill up your reusable water bottle sometimes you might forget your reusable water bottle and that's fine but as long as you're aware of it and you're trying to make better decisions where you can that's the most important thing and ultimately it is up to government to make these changes and if we all do if we all chip away and do our own little bit and to kind of remember that it's not all my responsibility it's not your responsibility but we're all doing this together and whether you're involved in a beach clean or whether you're shopping in a in a co-op where you can get your loose produce or you volunteer and you're doing your shop and drop or you're just making things at home I mean we're all doing our little bit and we're part of this bigger movement and it's not just in Ireland it's a global movement and it's important to kind of realize that that it's not just this little thing that we're doing, it's part of this bigger change. How do I keep going? I came across this really great book called Active Hope. It's by Joanna Macy and Chris Johnstone, two really incredible, important people. And it's about, it's basically active hope is something that we do, it's not something that we have. And it's about remembering that you are part of a bigger movement. And as long as you are participating and moving towards something positive it kind of keeps you motivated and keeps you going but there's also a lot of self-care there so to avoid burnout you have to look after yourself it's a really great book I'd recommend everybody read it amazing that's really inspiring to hear sometimes you can feel like you're on fire as well as the whole world and yeah it's 
it's nice it's always nice as well the more people I've been meeting recently who feel alone in they feel no one else cares but then you meet people like you where you volunteer for a beach cleanup extinction rebellion or something you meet like-minded people and it really does even though we're still you know fighting a huge fight it's still it's nice to know that you're part of a team that mm-hmm. you've other people on your side a lot of people are on our side fighting for this we just need to get the big the government <laughs> on our side as well right Claudia I think we've talked about so much there and really inspiring uplifting message at the end after (laughs) all the issues that we have so thank you so much for your time and best of luck with your Plastic campaign thank you and that was Claudia Hope you guys enjoy that. I certainly learned a thing or two and hopefully you did as well or at least learned about some more campaigns that you can take part in, all of which are linked below, including some other charities and she mentioned a book and a film. So there's links to all of that in the show notes. I know the sound was a bit kind of funny. I was quite low and she was quite high, but it was because I've just moved house recently and I couldn't find this little screwy bit thing that I needed for my good microphone and I had to use, I have a Yeti microphone, I had to use that one but I'm always afraid that you won't be able to hear the other person so I always like push it closer to whoever I'm interviewing and then I'm this quiet person in the background but I don't think it matters that much because you want to know what Claudia's saying, not what I'm saying. I end up cutting out most of my ramblings most of the time. Anyway, I've probably done some edits to this one, believe it or not. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Please let me know what you think. I'm on Instagram, Book of Leaves podcast. I'm on Twitter, Book of Leaves pod, I think it is. And I'm also on Facebook, bookofleavespodcast.com. And if you can find something in the show notes, if whatever podcast platform you're using doesn't have the linked words and that hyperlinks in the description you can just go onto the website that I have bookofleavespodcast.com and in the podcast area you'll find this episode fairly easily it'll be top of the list uh, if it's the most recent one out and you will find all of the show notes there untouched and written as they were meant to be read so check the website out and you can rate review subscribe share with a friend on your instagram story on facebook anything everything would be greatly appreciated and let me know what you think all right it's a nice short one this monday so i hope you have a lovely monday and have a fabulous week and i will talk to you in two weeks time take care guys bye